Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Yes, it's the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Joel with Mike, and we're getting together to chat about God's awesome and wonderful unconditional love and His grace. Nothing better to talk about as far as I'm concerned, and especially when we've got this relationship with God, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together with us, in us, working in and through us to will and to do according to God's good pleasure. That's an awesome life to have as far as I'm concerned, and so I am excited to be here again. Uh, this week talking about all this wonderful stuff, the grace of God and his love. How are you doing, Cap? Doing good, Joel. I, I kind of want to get into it because I sort of feel like the last couple of weeks we, we've been working toward the end here of, not the end, not the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end. Repent! The, the, the end of grace. We're almost there. Uh, <laughs> Oh, brother. I don't know. You know, a couple of weeks back, we were planning on getting into what I think we're going to get into right now. And so that's what I mean is sometimes, I don't want to say we get sidetracked, but we, you know, that like you said before we came on this program today, <laughs> you, you said, oh, the beauty of this thing is we can just do whatever we want. <laughs> that's the gospel. So uh, let's roll with that. But uh, I hope you have time to go back and listen to last week's podcast if you didn't catch it, because we are building off of that, Okay. So can't go through all of that again, or we'd end up not getting to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Would you just get on with it? <laughs> oh, okay, we'll see. stop it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep <laughs> where, laughing. This where, is where, funny. Where were we? Where are we're, we? Galatians uh, chapter 2. We were just talking about Peter and how Paul kind of called him out on the carpet and gave him a little bit of a... I think probably a friendly scolding, firm but friendly, right? Just told him, look, you, why are you acting this way around some of the Gentiles? And then when some of the legalists come around, you act this way. And he kind of called him a, a hypocrite. And if you look back in the Greek, there's some implications about that word. It really, it just means to reply, but it has uh, implications that would suggest play acting, uh, role playing, pretending, like somebody in a theater, somebody acting differently. And so he actually referred to him as, uh, as a hypocrite. Uh, but moving on from there, mm. Paul said, when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? So to summarize that, he's saying, look, Peter, you, you know you, you became free from the law and that you're no longer bound to it anymore. You, you no longer have to live as a Jew under the old covenant like we used to. You're living like a, a Gentile would. But now you're trying to compel some of the Gentiles to live as Jews. So why are you doing that? And then verse 15, Galatians chapter 2 here. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, 
but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. And I'll just stop here for a minute, Joel, and let you pick up on it. But uh, a little bit later, Paul went on to say, if, if a law could be given that would bring righteousness, then one would have been given. <laughs> right, exactly. So he, he knew, Peter knew, you know, Paul knew that Peter knew that in order to have come to Christ, it, was, it meant dying to the law. As Paul had written elsewhere, the law had been nailed to the cross. It had been taken out of the way, done away with, and nailed to the cross. That's in Colossians 2, I think. And so Paul knew that, and Paul knew that Peter knew that. But Peter, even though for the most part he would live like he wasn't under the law, these Judaizers had come along, and he was kind of scared of them and, and trying to be politically correct, as you're saying there, Cap, and would compel these Gentiles to live like Jews. And indeed, that's you know quite a lot of hypocrisy going on there. And so Paul uses this to make the point that uh, something that he's leading up to here in, in his epistle to the Galatians to say that, hey, we know that a man is not justified by the law, not justified by what we do. It's only through faith in Jesus Christ. And so he goes on to say that I, through the law, died to the law, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. That's verse 19. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. There is so much there. There is so much for us to see and to understand and to know about our life in Christ. And it's kind of interesting how it all came about. You know, Paul worded all of this, said all of this because of his rebuke, his friendly rebuke to Peter. Um, I'm kind of glad that Peter had done that because who knows if Peter hadn't done that, if Paul wouldn't have written all this stuff. Who knows? I don't know. But it's good that it was written because it helps us to understand that being in Christ is not about living by the law. It's not about living by our own performance. It's not about living by what we can do with our fleshly efforts and energy and might and power. It's not what we can do for God, but in fact, it's the fact that we died and we were raised again as a new person. We were crucified with Christ. We no longer live. That old person that we were in Adam no longer lives. There is nobody, that person is not left there any longer to try to live by the law. <laughs> but it's a new person that we've become. That's the life that we have. And it's life that's lived by faith in the Son of God, not by law. That's the bottom line, at least for that part of it. The bottom line. So we did reach the end. <laughs> That's it. We're done. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Let's uh, finish uh, up here. <laughs> yeah. Signing off. Um, powerful statement there in verse 21 to end the chapter uh, that you read. I, I do not set aside the grace of God. Why? Because if right standing with God comes through works, then Christ died for nothing. <laughs> what, mm. what, what, I mean, what else can be said about that? And, and I know you're going to have the yes but people out there. Uh, we, had a, we had a podcast by that name. Yeah, Grace, Grace But Ministries, right? Grace yes, But, Yes, I believe right? in Grace But, you know, you got to watch that stuff because if you give people too much, they're going to go out and do whatever they want. So Paul goes on from there 
starting out uh, in, in Galatians chapter 3. He says, are you being so foolish now, you Galatians? That you, you start in the Spirit, now you're being made perfect by the flesh somehow? Come on, get out of here. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or, the, or by the hearing of faith? And then a little further down in verse 10, Galatians 3, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Fortunately, Christ has redeemed us from that. We've been set free. We've been delivered. And now we, we have this, this life, as you were reading in, in Galatians 2.20, what a great, for you electricians out there, and I'm not, I know nothing about any of that stuff, but I, I've i heard of a 220 line. And so that, that if that helps you at all, remember the, the 220 line in Galatians. Powerful mm -hmm. stuff that uh, in, in one verse, and even uh, a couple of verses there right around 220, really sums up what the Christian life is really all about. Often referred to as the exchanged life, right, Joel? Yeah, the exchange life, and uh, I'm, I'm going to have to deviate again once more here <laughs> because something you said, <laughs> but it, I, I think this will help. And we do have a whole bunch of um, exchanged life stuff to talk about here, and we'll see we'll see how where we get here. But you had talked about how in Galatians there, you know, it talks about how if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And that just goes to show that what Christ did was a very, very big thing. You know, something that I think we often don't necessarily give it the credit, you know, the finished work of Christ, to give it the credit that it deserves because it is such a big thing. And that actually, it leads me to, it reminds me of Hebrews 10, 26. And I know that this is a, a passage that so many people struggle with, but I think it goes along with this. I'll just read it real briefly, 26 through, I think, 29 or so. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. Real briefly here, if we sin willfully, well, who doesn't sin willfully? Anytime you sin, it's, it's, it's willful. willful. Yeah, that's it's right. Definitely. But uh, an important thing that I've found out about this, if you read the entire book of Hebrews up to chapter 10, all the way from chapter 1 to chapter 10, the only sin that's talked about there is the sin of unbelief. And so... Um, Really, what he's talking about here is the sin of unbelief. But here, here's the thing. Receiving the knowledge of the truth, that's the knowledge of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. There is no other sacrifice that will cover sins, that will take care of sins, that actually took sins away, other than the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so when you reject that sacrifice kind of going back along there with what it said in, in Galatians there about how, you know, if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. If you think that somehow your righteousness comes through what you do, comes through your law, 
then you have trampled the Son of God underfoot and counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified as a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace. That's really what that passage is talking about in Hebrews 10, 26 through 29. And uh, with about a minute left, Cap, I didn't get you my uh, two-minute warning like I normally do. But <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was waiting for the producer to, to give me the two-minute warning. Of course, Jesus talking. is the producer. We're just the bearer of the fruit. Um, but, That's right. Uh, well, try to wrap up here with what you just said, because we can get into the exchange life a little bit more next week. But you're right. The, the writer of Hebrews was constantly making the case throughout the entire book about this one sacrifice of Christ and what it meant. And so when you come to Hebrews 10.26, if you sin willfully after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sins. Why? Because those old animal sacrifices that the writer of Hebrews had been talking about had been done away with. They'd been wiped out under this new covenant. And everything now revolved around this one sacrifice that had already been completed and took care of the job. And if you're going to reject this sacrifice, there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sins. And so um, that's good stuff, good point, because it does tie in with what uh, Paul was saying in the book of Galatians. Exactly. And so that does lead us to what happened when we did receive the good news, when we believed the good news. You know, there's something that happened, uh, what we've been leading up to here. We died and we became a new person in Jesus Christ, the exchanged life, our old life for Christ's life, and we're going to get into some great truths about that next week, right here on Growing in Grace at growingandgrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.